0: is the inside edge your home for blue jackets news and conversation
1: sponsored by honda marysville and mumu express car wash
0: proud partner of the columbus blue jackets here's bob mcgalligan and jody shelley welcome to the inside edge it's presented by honda marysville i'm bob mcgalligan alongside of jody shelley and the blue jackets are getting set to go on the road and open the two game set in Chicago tomorrow night. Uh, Jody, it's too bad there's nothing going on with the Blue Jackets. Not really a lot to talk about. Uh, I don't know how we're going to fill the show. I do know we're going to talk with uh, new Blue Jackets forward Jack Roslevick, the Columbus kid here, in just a little bit. But uh, this has been a really weird week, and we're, all, we're only at Wednesday right now, Jody.
2: Yeah, you know, you're right, Bob. They didn't play, play their best game against Carolina in that two-game set. I know exactly what you're talking about. But, you know, they found a way to get it done. And there was some controversy with the offside call. Uh, you're talking about on the ice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The, yeah. For now they, you know, they, let's talk about on the ice, this okay. team, uh, this team and we've been spoiled with the way they play hockey. They, they play. If you look at Tampa and the way that they play, you know, it, it's, it's hard work first. It's committed to your system first. Uh, we haven't seen it, but they found a way to win. And that's all I'm going to say about on the ice for now. Cause I know you're talking about other things for sure.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> it all starts in that first Carolina game. I mean that look, there've been some yeah. weird things that have happened in the history of this team. I mean, just in the time that I've been here, uh, I've been in Los Angeles and watched the clock stop and then restart and a goal count that shouldn't have counted. Uh, last year we saw a Zach Wierenski overtime goal that should have counted and didn't count and sent the Blue Jackets to a shootout. And now, earlier in the week, we see an offside call that should have been and wasn't and a goal that counted that shouldn't have and a power play that was given and then taken away for crying out loud for as many years as you've been in this game. You ever seen – or do you ever get to a day – here's how I'll put it. Do you ever get to a day where you say, oh, yeah, I've seen it all now?
2: Nope. I I think you'd be silly. In this day and age, uh, where the world is at, and what we're going through everywhere, I think you'd be silly to ever think of that, you know. Um, you know, the clock stoppage, all that. That was back in the days when, you know, uh, I heard a lot of dialogue about that. Oh, can you believe it? Only to the Blue Jackets. I don't want to hear that stuff. That, that's not what's happening here. It's just a freak play. It ha- happened to happen uh, during the Blue Jackets. It's pretty unbelievable. The clock in L.A. was pretty unbelievable. <laughs> it's something you'd see at a minor hockey game probably in the 80s. You know, when you can stop the clock for to get that extra few seconds. Um, but it happened. And then that referee that, you know, that was just a decision. And that was just a play that went bad for them. And unfortunately for the Blue Jackets, they lost by one goal. But, you know, I, I go back to what John Tortorella always says, uh, which we always do. And we all should do is go back to what Tort says uh, is when he said, you know, they're worried about themselves and their game. You know, the results aren't always the most important thing and you, you can listen to any coach actually around the National Hockey League it's not always a result sometimes they win like the game two against Carolina for example and they're still so upset with how they played the game for good reason and I think we understand that because Bob you've been around this game for a long time maybe you've seen it all you know maybe you've seen it all but but it's you know when they're playing well and lose and you can take your equipment off and you can watch we can walk out of uh, the broadcast booth and say, you know what? There's not much else they could have done. And we haven't really seen that yet. I think we've seen it one game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, this is a team that needs that attention to the game. Uh, Tampa brought it out of them. Now they've got to find a way to get that going. I, I think that after listening to John Tortorella's latest press conference, uh, or the one after the game, sorry, post-game press conference, you know, he, he's, he's got a lot of work to do in, in what he's trying to get done. So... Um, yeah, I, I, that's a long-winded answer, but they got to play the right way. All those different uh, uh, uncontrollable circumstances, you play the right way. They take care of themselves.
0: And that is the thing about that game. Yeah. You lose by a goal and there was a goal that shouldn't have been allowed. And you know, what is the point potential by the end of the year when playoff time comes, who knows, but you're right. The fact of the matter is, and we all said this at the time they didn't play a good game. They didn't deserve to win that game. They didn't deserve to tie that game, quite frankly, the way that they played it. Uh, they still could have, but you know, it was, as you just said, it was all of those other things that prevented them from getting points in that game. Um, you know, the, it's easy to, to put the blame on that mistake because it was a big mistake and, and uh, you know, it's learning, learning uh, experience for the league too. But, It's easy to put all the blame on that, but uh, as you just said, if they would have played the right way, maybe they wouldn't have been down by two goals late in the game like that.
2: Well, it's just – it's the satisfaction, Bob, of covering a team that – I mean, when we used to be able to – back in the good old days, when we used to be able to go downstairs after a game and you'd see the other team filing their equipment out, you know, you would hear the conversations or someone would stop us, a trainer, maybe a former player that we knew – uh, and they would say, man, Columbus is a tough team to play against. They know it coming in. They feel it when they leave. We haven't seen that yet. And it's the four check, much like Dallas or, or no, it was the four check, much like Carolina and the back check, much like Dallas combined together. The speed of the game is always on when the the, the defenseman for the blue jackets get that puck and everybody else is already thinking offense. And that's where they're so good. So, uh, hopefully it'll come. I see a lot of conversations from a lot of different markets with the same thing uh, teams trying to find and, and play to who they are and what their strengths are. Uh, maybe it has to do with, I think it's a combination of no camp or a very short one, no exhibition games and uh, no fans. I really do. I think that that those are three big factors into what we're seeing here, not only with the blue jackets, but with a lot of teams. And if you look at the teams we've seen so far, that seem to have their game going. To me, Dallas they're coming off a 64-day run in the bubble and coming out empty-handed. Tampa a 64-day run in the bubble, bubble and coming out with the big Stanley Cup. And Carolina to me um, through their leadership and the way they've they've played their game, they're, they're there's something there that you know at least they seemed a little bit more cohesive. So those are the three teams I've seen so far in this central division uh, that, and and for me, Dallas and Tampa, they know what they're going to do. They're they're on the course to get back uh, to the top and try to raise that cup again, or or, uh, for Dallas, uh, redo what they lost last year.
0: Tell me if you think this question is fair, because I've heard uh, John Tortorella talk so many times about the number of new guys that are coming in here and trying to get them acclimated to the city, the team, the system, the whole nine yards, and and this goes back to what you talked about: no training camp, no preseason games. I never thought I'd complain about no preseason games. I always thought they're a big waste of time, and now I'm. Well, seeing you're not that, complaining. You're not. Well, complaining. I, I see it, there's some value to, to it. Get a, yes. You know, I mean, you know how it is. We do those games, and there's guys yep. you're never going to see again, and you're mm-hmm. like, "What are we playing this game for?" Well, now we know. <laughs> so, <Yes. laughs> but but it's not even about to me, and this is what I want to ask you about it's not just the players that they brought in that they're trying to get acclimated. Um, I, I think it's the style of players that they've brought in. I mean, these guys, they haven't played a John Tortorella system before with the exception of Michael Zotto, And he has gotten right in there and he looks like he's been here forever. So when you're talking about Max Domi and now a, a Patrick line, a and Rosalbick who we'll talk to, he's making the adjustments to it, but these guys have never played in this heart of a system before, right? Where there's so much defensive responsibility. So uh, how much does that factor into it? Not just that you've got new players, but the the type of new players you have and the style that they're used to playing and the style that they're now being asked to play when the games count.
2: You know what? I'm going to add a layer to that because I watched Pierre-Luc Dubois make his uh, debut last night with the Winnipeg Jets. And it brought me back. I sat there on the couch uh, at 10 o'clock when the puck dropped. And it brought me back to being a player, and being traded and, and, and how fast everything happens with the new team. I mean, on the ice, when the, so, you know, it's great. You get traded. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Okay. This is your new pair of pants. This is your new gloves. Here's your helmet. These are the sticker, you know, you get all situated, feel the gear, feel how it is. And then the next thing, you know, the puck's on the ice and everything's happening a thousand miles an hour. And it's so fast and it's so much to adjust to. Then you add the system. Then you add how you feel. Then you add that you're on a third line for Dubois. Look at these guys who they're playing with, how they're fitting in, what's happening. So there's a lot there to process. It takes time to acclimate to your new team. I agree. Preseason games, uh, time away from the rink spent together. Those things are critical and they're not happening. So that's a big gap in these guys adjusting not only to the new system, but the new team and how they feel.
0: Yeah. I forgot about that. The time away from the rink, uh, you know, as I said to Torts, I think a couple of pregame interviews ago, I said, normally, if you start the year and you have three nights in Nashville, I don't care how many new guys you have uh, in a normal season. By the time you leave that city, you're bonded. You're ready to go.
2: Yeah, well, th- that's something that Torts is so good at. You know, he would, he, would, he would put the carrot out there when you stay in L.A. or Nashville or any – doesn't matter what city and say, okay, we're staying the night before we travel – we're not going to travel right to the next city. We're going to stay. So after you guys can eat at the hotel and enjoy each other. Well, that's not happening. And, and that's how you figure out coaches, players dynamic. That's how you hear the stories. The, the coaches can't wait to get to the room the next day to hear the stories about, oh yeah, you know, the guys went and did this and they, you know, this happened, these guys had so much fun. And, you know, it turns out that this guy is uh, a great ping pong player, whatever it is, you know, there, there's the dynamic of just being together. And I remember, especially in playoffs, because we'd be stuck in the hotel. Uh, there'd be a games room, which it sounds like teams have in the bubble and, and teams have now when they travel, where there's video games, there's ping pong, there's card games. You know, all those things are happening. And, and then the stories come out. Yeah, you know, uh, he was up to win the whole uh, tech, Texas Hold'em tournament. And what he do? He went all in on, on a pair of twos and lost to a pair of threes. You know, it, It's those stories that come out. It's like, oh, I can't believe he went in on, you know, Those are the things where you're like, yeah, you're a part of the group. And the other thing is when you have that group, one piece moving, one piece staying, one coach moving, one coach, it changes. The dynamic of the team is critical. And and I think that the core for the Blue Jackets is still here, but they have got to make sure now to, to even more critical, more important that the new guys are welcome any way they can. And I know Nick Foligno is good at that, but there's more there. There's more kids down there that might be more relatable to some of these players that they've got to step up guys that have been here for two or three years and, and, and explain and, and help these guys understand, speak their language, if you will.
0: All right. We have so much more to cover in this show. We haven't even touched upon the topic of Miko Koivu retiring yesterday. We'll get to all of that and more, but coming up next we're going to hear from Jack Roslovic of the Blue Jackets as the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville continues here on 97.1 The Fan. Make sure you check out the CBJ Game Day Blast, the official Blue Jackets Game Day email. It's presented by Cameron Mitchell Restaurants. You'll get game previews, player profiles, and much more sent right to your email inbox. To sign up, just go to bluejackets.com slash blast. This is the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville. I'm Bob McElligot. I'm joined by Jody Shelley. And right now, you don't know Jack, but you're about to, as we welcome in Columbus native and newest Columbus Blue Jackets member, Jack Roslevic. Well, Jack, uh, first of all, I want to ask you this. Before we even talk about the way you're playing right now, which has been great, I just want to ask you about being at home, being back in Columbus, playing in the national hockey league playing for the team that you grew up watching uh and and you were playing not that far away just over in the ice house for the triple a blue jackets for crying out loud for part of your life um has it all settled in is uh, everything that was surreal about it is it gone now is this just everyday life for you yet
1: uh yeah yeah i mean like uh, like i've told people it's uh It's not really, uh, you know, about the about, you know, being here. It's not really uh, about being home or, you know, it's it's uh, it's about playing in the NHL and uh, playing uh, to win hockey games. And, you know, I do what I do also tell everyone is that it's cherry on top and that it's actually a really special experience. And, you know, not a lot of guys get to do it. So um, I'm definitely not taking anything for granted. But uh, but yeah, it's kind of, uh, you know, settling in a little bit.
0: As this whole process was going on for you and you, uh, you know, you were the, the contract situation in Winnipeg still had you in Columbus and you were working out with the, uh, the triple a blue jackets team. Uh, at what point did you start to get maybe an idea that there was going to be a deal made and you were going to be part of the deal and that you were going to be here. How, how soon before it actually happened, did you get an idea that it might
1: happen? Um, be honest, not really. Uh, it came. It came pretty fast. Um, you know, there's uh, there's obviously a long process uh, with uh, with making a trade, especially a trade with uh, with two players of that caliber. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that you know they probably keep a little quiet too, and you you can speculate as much as you want, but uh, but that's not your job at the end of the day. So my my job at the end of the day was to stay ready and. You know, when uh, when I heard it happened, I was uh, I was excited and prepared. Is it weird for you to go back to the ice house to practice since you did that for so many years
0: of your youth career?
1: Uh, no, because I've been it.
0: Just <laughs> weird to go from that big dressing room down the hall on uh, on the other side, right?
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely. I mean, you know, it's really not weird. You know, many things aren't really weird at all. There's uh, there's been a couple times where it's been like a, a little weird, but. Um, you know, I'm so familiar with everything. I'm so familiar with the dressing room and, uh, and the rink and, uh, the ice house and everything around downtown. So it's, uh, it's comfortable.
2: Hey, Jack. Um, so congratulations on being in Columbus. It's just such a great story. I love the way you're playing right now, but I got to ask first, because I didn't grow up in an NHL city. When was your first interaction with a national hockey league player? Uh, and, and do you remember how it went down?
1: Oh, well, um, for my season tickets, I guess you can't really say that was an interaction. First real interaction was probably, probably when I was about 15 or 16. And it was with, uh, was that actually with Cam, Uh, and it was right before I went to the U S program and we were just, uh, you know, just talking about being American born guys playing hockey and growing up and, uh, you know, around because uh, we had the same age. And so that was kind of, you know, the the end. And it was uh, it was one of those guys that, you know, just reached out and and that's uh, had some nice things to say. And he had heard some some good things about me. So he just uh, kind of gave me a little uh, boost of, of encouragement. And uh, it was nice to hear from him.
2: Great. And what about uh, autographs? Did you get any autographs? What was your first uh, do you remember
1: any vividly? I- I don't remember what my first one was, but I could go on for uh, forever with autographs and sticks um, and, you know, all all uh, all the memorabilia that I that I was fortunate, fortunate enough to grab. So you would come to practice. Did you come to practice and watch the guys and get autographs and broken sticks? Uh, I'd come to practice sometimes, but it was mainly uh, the visiting team that I would get it from. Um, Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it was uh, it was uh, it was pretty fun. I actually. uh, one of the jacket sticks I have, I was, uh, it was in a storage unit you know, actually a couple of days ago, and I texted him. It was uh, Rick Nash's old TPS response, and uh, he, uh, he got a pretty good kick out of it. So I, uh, I'm going to have to get that one hung up or something.
2: Yeah, you are. The old yellow one, that's a classic. You see that in a lot of the, uh, the, the hockey cards. Hey, what is this opportunity for you like? I know top six, power play, uh, how much do you cherish that every day?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's it's uh, it's important. It's uh, it's one of those things that, you know, like you said, it's uh, it's big opportunity and it's a situation that I've wanted to be in. So, um, you know, I got to uh, do the best that I can with it. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a shortened season. So we got to uh, we got to do it quick.
2: You look like you um, I don't know. I'm impressed by your play. I said that earlier, but the way you command respect with the puck, the way you carry the puck with confidence, the confident goal you scored the other night. Um, is that something that now you look back at the start of your care, career and where you're at, that that's just developed? Are you here at the right time is what I'm trying to say, that now you're a little more mature and you understand a little more?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think that's, uh, you know, really good, uh, really good observation that not a lot of people see or not a lot of people, uh, you know, would really respect. Um, you know, I have to give a lot of my uh, credit to, uh to Winnipeg and to what they, uh, what they helped me with and, and growing my game at the NHL level because it's a hard league to play in. And, uh, and, you know, I wouldn't be able to do some of the things and uh, that, that I can do because of them. But that being said, also, uh, you know, the opportunity that has been given to me here, it's, uh, it's one that, you know, is really special and I have to cherish and, and uh, be able to bring that, uh, bring that compete and bring that uh, consistency every game.
0: Jack, can we talk about that goal that you scored the other night against Carolina and and the way you come in, you're coming in, it's, it's one on two and, and you use your skate to take the puck and kick it back to the stick. As you're approaching that situation, you're coming through the neutral zone. At what point do you say to yourself, I've got the perfect move here. I'm just going to take this puck, knock it off my own skate. And I'll blow these two guys out of the water and go five holes.
1: I I mean, it was, uh, it was more of the, the D was just cheating a little bit and, I haven't. I haven't really tried that a lot. Of uh, you know, I, I actually I, I tried it one time and I got rocked pretty good. So, you know, it was just one of those things that I you don't really you don't really think about. You kind of just do it, and it happens. And and uh, I was uh, I was in on a breakaway all of a sudden, and I was lucky to finish.
0: So, as soon as you didn't feel any physical contact, you knew it had a chance to be a really good play, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know what? It was it was certainly special to watch, and and as Jody said, it's uh, it's really nice to watch you get this this opportunity. And when you were in Winnipeg, and and you know you had to wait your turn or all whatever phrase you want to use. I mean, they had a lot of talented players at the forward position. Um, You know, there was a depth chart there. Uh, you know, was it frustrating for you there? And is it just equally as as rewarding here because? You know, watching those guys like uh, Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley and, and the things that they did, now getting a bigger role in more minutes, how much of that stuff have have you uh, figured out? That hey, I learned a lot when I was there waiting my turn, and now you're putting it into play.
1: Yeah, no, I think you definitely uh, definitely uh, set it set it right. I mean, those guys were were pretty incredible to watch every day, and um, I did learn a lot from them. And you know, now that I can take it here and kind of apply it uh, apply it here. It's uh, it's nice, but you know what? We're in a really good league, and I look around the dressing room and I look around at practice today, and 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 whenever we whenever we practice, and uh, and I say the same thing about a lot of the guys. So, um, you know, it's it's fun. You're learning every day, and um, you're trying to become better, and everyone else is trying to do the same around you. So, it's uh, it's a cool experience to uh, to be here now, and um, you know, like I said, I can't I can't. Uh, I definitely take a lot of stuff from, from Winnipeg that I, that I learned there and uh, trying to apply it here.
0: You came here in this trade with Patrick line. A, and of course we know that he's a, he's a sniper. We've already seen it a couple of times here, but what can you tell us about Patrick line? A that maybe, maybe the regular people don't know just about who he is, how he carries himself and what it's like to be his teammate. He's,
1: uh, he's a, he's pretty goofy guy. Um, pretty laid back. Uh, He's uh, he's one of those guys that's really just fun to fun to be around, fun to uh, fun to have on your team. Um, as far as as what people would know about, um, you know, he's uh, he's from Finland. His uh, his parents live with him for a little bit. He uh, he likes to eat his Finnish food, and uh, he's uh, he's pretty uh, prideful about that. So, and then the the whole video game thing, he's. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's world renowned for that now. So I guess I don't, uh, that's no hidden secret. Hey,
2: yeah. you mentioned coming from uh, Winnipeg and, and being in that locker room, you know, when you get to a new team, it's a fresh start on the ice, but in the locker room too, it's hard to remember that you just got to be yourself. I mean, that's something people try to be things they aren't. It looks to me like you're trying to be yourself, which is great, Jack. But what, when you look at this locker room, Are you excited about the chance that if this team comes together, you might have, do you feel that you have a chance in that locker room to win? Do you really feel it in there?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, you know, that's tough to say, first of all, um, because, you know, I once again was fortunate enough to go, to the conference finals, um, you know, one one time, and, and playoffs haven't we haven't we didn't miss playoffs once. So it was uh, it's one of those things where you kind of learn the winning culture, and you know I definitely feel it here. Um, you know it's it's no different. If anything, it's uh, it's a little bit better between uh, between the guys. Uh, you know I I know Torts has, has said something about uh, you know not being com- completely meshed together right now, and you know I. I guess that's. Uh, I guess we have more more glue, and I guess we need to uh, we need to come closer. I think the team's pretty close, but you know he's been here for a while. He knows the dynamic, and I guess uh, there's uh, there's more to it. So you know I'm really excited to see that, and I can definitely see where he uh, where he's coming from. So um, I think uh, glue as glue as a team on the ice is, is super important because um, you know off the ice this team is uh, is really really tight knit and. Uh, it's uh, it's really impressive to you know watch it and uh, and watch these guys come together like they do uh, off the ice for sure, um, and you know I've known I've known them all pretty much uh, through summer skates through being in Columbus and you know I didn't know that uh, that the team was like that. You know all the kids in Central Ohio look up
2: to you. You're a hero. You're uh, you're a guy that's now not only from being afar but now being at home. You're a hero. Could you be the glue?
1: Um, you know, I would, uh, I would love to, but, uh, you know, right now I th- think my role is you know, come in and, uh, and start to, uh, you know, just be, be another piece and, and don't, uh, you know, I'm kind of one of those guys that, you know, I'm not gonna, not gonna overshadow anybody, but, uh, I'm going to fit in, I'm going to find the spot where I fit in and, you know, if I happen to be the glue, then I'm the glue. And, you know, I think that, uh, it's, uh, for me, it's, it's gonna start with my play on the ice and and uh, working hard and, and trying to lead by by an example.
2: So when you see Patrick Line get benched, do you take him aside? Do you, can you help Patrick Line as Jack Rosavik, the former yeah. Jet, with him and now the Blue Jacket?
1: Definitely. Um, I think I can. I uh, you know I know I can. It's uh, it's one of the, I, I know the way he ticks. I know the way uh, you know he kind of uh, handles situations. I've seen situ I've seen this situation more than just uh, one time. Uh, you know, people are for, for people are new with this with this situation. I mean, I guess with some of the past players, they're not new, but uh, with Patty, it's fresh. And and uh, you know, to help uh, to help Cam to help Fliggy um, with uh, with the way we got to handle it and the way that he's going to handle it is uh, is going to be important because he's a he's going to be such a big piece to this team and such a big uh, you know you know scorer on this team that. Uh, we need him ticking. Right. And we need him, uh, on the same page.
0: You know, Jack, speaking of that, um, playing for John Tortorella, what are you finding out in the early going, uh, as far as the interactions with torts, uh, is it, is it just simply work hard, do your job and everything's fine because that's, that's the way it's always portrayed. And that's the way that it seems. What are you finding out about playing for him as a coach?
1: well i mean work hard and do your job and everything's fine and i wish it was that easy um you know i guess in essence a little bit it's it's kind of like that but uh but yeah i mean just you know he preaches work ethic you you guys hear it i'm sure we hear it um a lot so it's one of those things that's uh you know it's crazy but it's almost should be expected of us, expected of us now but uh, you know when it's kind of one of those things that he preaches on a, a lot that uh, that you want to make sure that you do that every night. So um, it's one of those things that it's, it's also it's also tough uh, to do some nights, and especially right now with no uh, no crowd and you know not a lot of energy in the building, it's uh, it can be a little bit difficult. But you know we got to find a way to uh, you know jack jack each other up and jack ourselves up and uh, get ready to play every game and you know practice hard and do the right things off the ice.
0: With his tough love style of coaching, and and let's just talk about the situation the other night as Jody did with Patrick gets benched there. What does that say, though, to the rest of the team? Uh, That whole example of, look, uh, you could be the biggest superstar or you could be the fourth line guy that's only going to get a couple of minutes here. Everybody's going to be treated the same way uh, on this bench. What, What does that mean as a player, knowing that you're just in a situation where everything's equal
1: like that? Yeah, I mean, I think Patty loves it. Um, you know, I think it's a new environment and a new style of coaching that, uh, that he hasn't seen yet that I think will be really really beneficial for him. Um, so it's, uh, it's definitely nobody's above uh, the law. And, uh, you know, if you don't uh, play to the style of the team and you don't play to the, the style of the glue that we have, uh, then, you know, it doesn't matter who you are.
2: My it's, last question for you, Jack. It's pond hockey season here in Columbus, Ohio. You get out there with uh, you have a little brother, right? Yeah. You get out there and play any pond hockey with him?
1: Uh, no, they were playing yesterday, but I uh, I was taking the day off. You got some rest.
2: All right, that's my last one. We'll be out there today, but uh, we're, all the kids are trying your your move. I, I noticed that, so uh, that that's nice of you to drop that here in Columbus, Ohio.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Getty. That's Jack Roslovic of the Blue Jackets. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the retirement of Miko Koivu as the Inside Edge, presented by Honda Marysville, continues on 97.1 The Fan. Make sure you're at Nationwide Arena for the 2021-2022 season. You can do that by putting down a $100 deposit on a ticket plan right now. Those plans are flexible. There are interest-free plans. There are concession discounts involved and much more. To find out all about it, text the keyword DEPOSIT to 26791. Back here on the Inside Edge, presented by Honda Marysville, the Blue Jackets getting set to go to Chicago and open a two-game set tomorrow. And then, Jody, they're going to go to Carolina and play just one game. Carolina is the one place they'll go into two times on the road for one game apiece, which is going to be weird because we're getting used to these little two-game series, aren't we?
2: Yeah, you know, it changes the dynamic because, uh, you know, when you go see one team and you move on to the next, it's, it's a totally different chapter, totally different thoughts, different game plan, especially when you're going east to west or west to east. Different divisions, different style of play. Uh, and, and you're right. These two game sets have been nice. And, and, you know, you look at the Blue Jackets on game number one against Carolina. I mean, you can, you can write the script for game number two. They're going to get out of their zone easier, which they didn't do in game number one. Uh, they're going to try to adapt and use the middle of the ice. They still had moments where they were stubborn going up the wall, and that's exactly what Carolina wanted them to do, but they got away from it, and, and they blocked shots better. They blocked, you know, and that's one thing that they didn't do. You saw it was uncharacteristic in game one against the Carolina Hurricanes that you'd see those long shots from the, the point go all the way through and hit Corpus Allo, and then there'd be a, an exchange in front of the net or a goal. Uh, so – you know, they block shots. They did things that they're supposed to do, and that's the adjustment you can make against a team. They still didn't have an answer for uh, Jordan Stahl. I mean, he's so big and strong on the wall. Uh, uh, Aho got his chances. He's a star. Stars are going to make chances and get chances, and Sveshnikov too. Uh, but, but, you know, they, they got the win, and that's a key. And the, and the way the series, the way the season's going to shake out, the two-game sets, you have to at least split. You cannot give a team two games and let them leave town with those points. And when you look at the eight games played, it's got to be even or, or five games, one and three. You know, it's got to be you have to have the advantage. You have to go five and three if you want to be an upper echelon team. So that's something to look forward to. But in the short game series, uh, yes, you have to at least hang and then wait for your time to uh, sweep a series.
0: All right. So in this show so far, we covered the uh, the goal controversy from the first Carolina game. Uh, we covered Patrick Line when we talked with Jack Roslevic, so that leads us to the third thing because things happen in threes. Miko Koivu yesterday decided to call it a career. Now we had Miko on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he signed as a free agent during the off season. 37 years old, he told us that he felt like uh, that knee injury he had a couple of seasons ago he was over, that he could uh, come back, and he had more to give, and now he figured out that he didn't have more to give and he steps aside. Um, Were you you surprised by that? I think we were all taken a little bit off guard, but you know, as being a player that was in that spot and watching him, did it surprise you? It did. Yeah, I was
2: surprised. I was, uh, you know, I saw the press release come out and I thought, wow, that's, that's surprising. But then when you hear him talk and you understand as a player that, you know, you want to, you want to keep playing, you want to play forever. You never want that day to come in the national hockey league where you you know it's over. But you know when it's over. Deep down inside, you know when it's over. And you know, a lot of players in that position, once they get the healthy scratch, if they're not upset, if they feel differently about it, you know, like, okay, I was expecting this, or you know, that you're doing the right thing, or you're, you hear yourself saying things to the coach that, you know, why am I saying this? And then you go home and you're like, I'm actually relieved that I got healthy scratched. And it happened to me at the end of my career was the opposite. I was supposed to play a game after being healthy scratched for a while in Toronto. They had two tough guys. I did not want to play that game. That's when I knew I was done. I had a hip problem that I brought up to the trainer when they told me I was in I pretty much pulled myself out of the lineup, and I owed it to myself to say, and I always said this, when you're done fighting, when you're done, I cannot go in the lineup because too much can happen, too many bad things, and it's been too great of a career. The fire was out. It's over. As a player, when you can do that on your terms like Miko did yesterday, he did himself. It's, I have so much respect for that because healthy scratch, not feeling the fire, the burn, the player that he is, the desire – he saw something different. He said, you know what? I'm done. And it's a tough feeling, but it's also a relief. It's a relief in a lot of ways. So congratulations to him on a wonderful career. You know, great on him to come in and be an impact in this room however he could, uh, but you got to wish him nothing to the best and all the respect for everything he's done and even more so, uh, not more so, but credit to him on the way he ended his career.
0: Yeah, as you said, a couple of things you said there. Number one, he got to do it on his own terms it wasn't like some guys they they get an injury and they don't get a choice they they have to leave the game they can't come back so on his own terms and you know you had told me the story before about when you knew that you were done and I was thinking about that story yesterday when I was listening to Miko when when he said basically he said that he had to get himself up to get ready to play the games that he had to will himself to go to the rink and, and play the games. And that's, but it's still got to be a weird feeling for you because you started playing the game from the time that you were a kid with the, the dream of getting to the national hockey league and then you do it. And then, you know, like you, you're there for a dozen plus years and all of a sudden you hit that other side and and it's gotta be really weird, but I like how you said it's gratifying as well, because now in the case of Miko, he can look to whatever the next step is. You know, he talked about, wanted to stay in the game and he's a really smart guy you know that just from talking to him one time you know how smart he is so whether it's uh management or, or whatever he decides to get into there are options there and and you don't have to jump into them right away right no and it, you know he's got a family
2: that uh, he's away from you know he he's now got an opportunity to look back at his career that's one thing that uh, you never really do you never really get to sit back and enjoy moments and especially a guy like miko like You know, I I see him as a hardworking guy that is all in on everything that he's done. And um, now he gets a chance to reflect and enjoy and cherish. And, and, you know, he's he's a great man and he's going to be who knows what he's going to be able to do. But there's a sense of relief, I think, uh, as a professional to say, yeah, I don't have to work and grind and worry and think it's a it's a it's a real rewarding thing.
0: And if I'm Kevin Stenland, I'm disappointed because I'm sure Miko's a great teammate, but I'm also thrilled because...
2: You're not that disappointed.
0: Yeah, there's another center position (laughs) that is now open. Isn't it ironic? I was thinking about this yesterday. The first inside edge that we did prior to the start of the season, we were boasting about the center position, which was a problem forever, being solidified with Dubois, Domi, Koivu, Nash. Two of those guys are already gone Max Domi has been playing on the wing. Maybe this will shift him back to the middle. We'll see. But, um, it's just, it's amazing. It's only been like a month and a half since we had that conversation and now look at it.
2: Yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of wild. And you can go back to last year or the year before where you're like, wow, this team, you know, they're just short in a couple areas, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's good for Kevin. St- I like Kevin Stanley. I know you do too. You've talked about it and, Um, he's a smart player. He's big. Uh, I'd like to see him get a real opportunity with this team. And I think he will, uh, because every time he's in the lineup, he does something and, and, uh, you know, everyone that gets in the lineup wants to do something, but when you can get in as a young player in the national hockey league, who's big and strong, already knows what he is as a player, uh, and and his, and his strengths and, and kind of his limits. It's great. And this is, this is a good asset. I think this is going to be a real bright spot for, for the blue jackets to have a guy like this, uh, jump into that position. And hopefully, hopefully he gets up uh, to a higher role with this team. I know he's already on the power play I know he's in there. Cause he's so good at it. And they need that in there. Uh, that shooter, that, that big presence, that puck retriever, um, you know, th- this is, this is a bright spot for him and the blue jackets.
0: All right. We're going to take a break. Come back with our final segment of this week's inside edge presented by Honda Marysville on 97.1. The fan. Welcome back to the inside edge presented by Honda Marysville. Ready to close out this week's show with this final segment, Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley and Jody, what I'm really looking forward to in tomorrow night's game that the Blue Jackets play at Chicago is I cannot wait to see what Patrick Linea does. You heard Jack Roslevich saying earlier in this show he thinks that what happened the other day is going to be uh, good for Patrick. It's going to make him a better player. How do you expect a player like that to respond? That everything, ha- everything that has happened, the benching that happened in the game against Carolina the other night, Um, the story that came out about, you know, whether or not he said something to a coach and that's why he wound up there Uh, just taking all that aside and forgetting about that. How do you expect him to react to all of that in the game against Chicago?
2: You know what? I, I don't know him well, but, but I know now he knows the boundaries and I I think that's important in life and anywhere in life, Uh, especially as a 22 year old, 23 year old superstar who's on a new team and is coming in as the man. It's all good. And there's only one way to respond and that's just go out and play hockey. This guy is a hockey player. He knows how to play well. He appreciates being on the ice. Didn't like sitting on the bench. He knows it's been talked about all over the world. Uh, And now his opportunity is to get back in the lineup today. He practiced hard. Uh, He's going to get back in the lineup tomorrow night against Chicago. And he's going to pick up right where he left off. Maybe even, maybe even better. You know, I don't, you can't just come in and do what you want. I think everyone thinks they want to do that, but I don't think you really want to do that. And I think you have more respect for the people that you work with and the organization and and the leaders that you're with when they draw the line and say, no, no, we don't do that here. That's not how it works here. So now he knows he's, you know, he's had a day off yesterday to talk to whoever he wants and say whatever he wants per on a personal level. When when he's at the rink, it's work and respond, and I think it'll be uh, – I, I think this will be a moment, hopefully, that they look back at and say, you know, remember when that happened? Look at that. Seth Jones has been benched, you know, and we don't know the ins and outs of the locker room, and we don't need to know. That, things happen down there that happen for – you just deal with it. And Seth Jones got benched uh, in his first year with, with Torts. He's been – there's talk now of him the last few years of being a Norris Trophy candidate for the best defenseman in the league. Uh, you can put on the list. Scott Hartnell gets benched he goes out the next game and scores a hat trick. Is line going to do that? I don't know, but hopefully you just have to come up and go to work and, you know, keep that smirk going because your teammates hopefully will rally around, help you, but rally around you. Like Jack said, he's going to help them. And I love Jack in that interview. Very well spoken. I think he's got some leadership qualities and that's kind of what I was getting at with those questions. And I know you were too, you know, there, there's a, it's an important place for a young guy like him who knows the area with guys like Line A and, and Domi to show the way. And, and hopefully Jack understands that, not just follows, because that's a big supporting cast if he can do that. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, respond. Hat trick would be ideal, the Hartnell fashion. Uh, but uh, just get to work and be a hockey player. That's all you're supposed to do. And, and, and I think this will be great.
0: All right, one last thing for you. Uh, let's talk about something in the league, because on our last show we were talking about the general manager situation in Pittsburgh and speculating who they might oh, hire. Yeah.
2: <laughs> How about Did that? Did you know something was up there or what? what no, happening
0: Did you... I didn't know that was up for crying out loud. Uh, yesterday they hired Ron Hextall as their GM, but they also brought in Brian Burke as their president of hockey operations. Um, whenever I think of Ron Hextall and the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think about, uh, Robbie Brown scoring a goal on him and Hextall coming out of the net swinging a stick at the head of Robbie Brown, trying to basically take his head off. I, I, I am, I can't believe that he's the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Although his dad did play for the Penguins, in all fairness, so there, <laughs> there, it wasn't all just him being a crazy Flyers goalie against Pittsburgh. Uh, but the Brian Burke thing, I, I think that took the hockey world by surprise. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's a, it's
2: a completely different direction. And it, it shows you Bob that time heals, man. Time heals those wounds. Maybe Rob Brown, who's a radio analyst up in Edmonton gets the call. Like come on down and be a part of this, uh, this show, the blue Jack. I mean, sorry, the penguins now, you know, I agree. Uh, Brian Burke, an experienced guy, you've already got Merrill Lemieux there. So maybe he's taking even more of a backseat role. Uh, and he understands that a tandem like that, a guy in talk it, who's getting another chance as a general manager, did some good things as, as building some of the pieces now that are being used in the Philadelphia flyer system that, you know, he was going to wait on and Carter Hart was the big one. Uh, so he comes in with a one philosophy and I think Brian Burke wants to win now. And so there's the talk of Malkin Crosby. What, is it a rebuild? Do you, no, you have to go after when you have those two pieces, um, especially this season. So I think they're gonna tinker and do that with Brian Burke in that conversation, but also with Hextall thinking of the future. So I think it's a smart move. I, I think that uh, you need to have that conversation. You need to have someone with those conversations and, and why not have a big personality like Burke who's been so in tune with the league the last few years as a broadcaster. Uh, now he's in there in the, as that senior advisor role. I think it's healthy and great for Hextall and I think it's an, it brings a lot of excitement to that highly skilled organization.
0: Jody, thank you very much. Fun as always. Great job, Bob. Thank All you. All right. That's going to do it for today's edition of The Inside Edge. It's been presented by Honda Marysville. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McEllighant. Thanks to Jack Roslovik for being on the show with us tonight. And thanks for you, or thanks to you for being here on 97.1 The Fan.